Hello everyone, uh, this is part 2 of video games, but this time in this episode, we'll be talking about video games music. Well, more like their soundtracks in all of gaming history, I would say. And I, my name is Rogelio Alcobo, and I have a special guest with me, L, who's back from the first episode that we talk about of childhood gaming. What's up? It's good to be back, and it's good to dive deep even further into this topic. I had so much fun discussing the gaming world of everything last time, so it's going to be really interesting to get into the soundtrack side of things. Yeah, uh, it was really fun discussing with you last time, and I thought, you know, why not have you as a guest again for talking about soundtracks and video games? Absolutely. I think music definitely plays a huge role in the way a video game is like developed and marketed, and it really just kind of sets the tone for how everything is going to be. Being a music person myself and, you know, primarily working with music in the world of radio and podcasts, I think this is a perfect happy medium. Yeah, and I thought, you know, first, I thought we would like to introduce, uh, well, I would say let's start with a question. Oh, let me ask you something. All right. Uh, so when did you, when did you realize that video games music was like important to you or was like where what games or what time that got your interest in seeing that or hearing that you know video games music are like they're pretty good and important yeah of course well let's see when it comes to instrumental compositions i would say of course like the mario franchise and pretty much anything nintendo related that was composed by the legendary mr koji kondo really played a huge role in the sort of like having songs that become like an earworm, you know, Mm -hmm. in levels Mm -hmm. that it's just a familiar tune that once you hear it, you know exactly what it's supposed to be. And the fact that it would kind of like loop over and over, that's how they would really make sure that something from that time gets stuck in your head. So that's what I would say, like on an instrumental level. Mm -hmm. Now, once I began realizing that they put like actual studio, you know, quality music into video games, because that whole type of thing didn't really start until probably like the 3D console eras. So like PlayStation and the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. So Sonic Adventure was the first time that I had ever realized. I think just the whole Sonic franchise in general, it really opened the door to show me how you can actually have like, you know, not just like 8-bit compositions, 16-bit compositions in a game. You could have something that is like pre-recorded but like put into the actual game given the fact that a lot of video games like memory systems were far more advanced with the technology you know getting super duper better and everything Mm -hmm. albeit it wasn't the first time that something like that had happened because the sega cd circa early 90s yeah i believe was like really one of the first time that they tried to like kind of implement like you know sort of like pre-rendered pre-recorded technology whether it was like for cutscenes yeah, or CD, soundtrack yeah cd quality uh audio i would say that they really pushed on with the audio uh quality in games at that time i would say right with so, music and even uh voiceovers too right so that's something that i always tend to forget and it's something that people should really put more respect on sega's name because even though they don't make consoles anymore Because, like, after the Dreamcast, they kind of just, like, went into being more of a third-party company, which is absolutely fine with me. Because the Mario and Sonic feud of yester-decades past is just, like, it's an old thing now. Mm -hmm. It's not really a thing anymore. Thank God it's not. And, 
yeah, I just remember like listening to a lot of the different soundtracks from the Sonic games, being amazed by how cutting edge they were and how they really contributed to helping the character development and the storylines of, you know, the games themselves. So it was a really interesting thing for sure. I still love it even to this day. I'm still always listening to the soundtracks. Yeah, like for me, uh, I would say it's it's probably the same thing. Like Mario games, they're very like easy to recognize the music. It's very, you know, just hearing like the songs a couple of times and you could just start humming to it because, you know, it's uh, Koji Kondo, right? Yes. Yes, because I know that he got inspired by different... Uh, artists um from uh, i would say the jazz fusion world 2 mm-hmm. and that's so he got inspired from that like t-square was one of the i would say like you could hear a song the main theme mario song and after you hear that main theme song you could listen to one of the t-square songs called i say it's called sister mirage that's one of the songs and then as you hear that song it's it's like the similar melody to the mario theme really and you could hear that yeah you definitely could hear that he got inspiration from from those artists and it's the same thing vice versa with like with now mario kart 8 now they have more uh you heard the mario kart mario kart 8 soundtracks right or the music of it oh absolutely i love how pretty much everything like since I would say like even since Mario Kart 7 for the 3DS yeah. that was when they started like implementing a lot of like live instruments into yeah. the compositions of their soundtracks like whenever I hear the uh, Woohoo Loop theme song mm-hmm. like they did use a lot of like live guitars and strings yeah actually now that I'm thinking of it they were probably already kind of implementing that since Mario Galaxy since they did have like a full on orchestra and everything yeah. yeah and they have a full orchestra you know yeah things yeah things were changing on the music and the video games uh you know from like 80s to like now you know it changed a lot and it brought you know different types of uh types of music into the video game genre in general i would say yeah and it also creates these awesome like really events that they put together so you know nowadays we have like different orchestral events that are held for video game compositions there was a night in fantasia that was held in sydney australia back in 2009 I believe it was, you know, held to commemorate some Bandai Namco franchises like the Idolmaster and the Tales series. I believe Tales of Symphonia was the brand newest one at the time. Now we have like, you know, Miku Symphony, Sonic Symphony. Well, on this at around this time, like 20 years ago, Nintendo held their own event. It was called the Mario and Zelda Big Band Live. You can mm-hmm. find it online and everything. There's both a CD and a DVD. I'll never forget downloading this like 10 years ago on a website that's still up you know, downloads.khinsider.com, Kingdom Hearts Insider in its full form. And it was a whole orchestra event dedicated to like them playing compositions of different Mario themes and Zelda themes and like just mm-hmm. kind of rearranging them a little bit. So, yeah. And I feel like they've been they've been doing those uh, types of concerts like all the way back in the 80s, you know, even though video games like music wasn't like really that uh, big, I would say back then. Well, mm-hmm. it started becoming big because, you know, right in the in the late '80s and early '90s, there there was in-house bands from companies. Yeah. Like I don't know if you heard about it. there's a there's a band called the Sega Sound Team. Yes, and they did live performances back in the uh, late '80s and early early '90s, and they perform 
uh, older uh, arcade Sega games. Mm-hmm. And then they performed those in concerts. They were mostly like, uh, they were mostly jazz fusion styles in those, uh, in that area. But, you know, just, it's, they're available on YouTube, like from the Sega Sound Team to uh, and the, another uh, in house uh, band from Konami, too. They also did some sound uh, music from Konami uh, franchises in Jazz Fusion. I mean, Jazz Fusion is a big part in video games、uh, music because composers at that time got inspired from Fusion artists. But, you know, since Mario Kart 8, now we have Fusion artists performing in、uh, Nintendo games as well. So it's come around like a full circle、yeah. throughout that history. Yeah, and、uh, artists are the composers around that time in video games, like they have some、uh, musical experience, and then sometimes they try to limit or they have the limit to put whatever chips they could put to make it sound. Or sometimes, like, they make it try to sound like a guitar sound in games or a trumpet. And they have a certain mind when composing it, but then. If, like, once they start orchestrating or putting it into like live performances, and they think to themselves, like, you know, that's that's the type of sound that I wanted to create or I wanted people to hear in games, even though there was a limitation, a limitation, a limited、uh, quality into、uh, systems at that time,、uh, you know, the chips,、uh, they were still like at the limit, and they just wanted to create it. A more,、uh, I would say, I would say like modern feeling, not modern feeling, but like they wanted something that a creator wants to express that they couldn't express back then, I would say. I'd say it worked out in their favor because then、yeah. they ended up like, you know, sort of implementing these really amazing styles and sounds, kind、mm-hmm. of like how.、Um, Again, you know, Sega was really looking to make that sort of transition from like the classic Sonic games into the newer ones. They、mm-hmm. said they wanted to, you know, kind of evolve from the funky electro pop of the Sega Genesis sound to the rock and roll of the、mm-hmm. Dreamcast. But even with that older sound in mind, I still think that it actually worked wonders in its own way because it kind of had, it still had like that sort of funky, like late 80s sound to it. And it was even rumored for a long time that the legend himself, Mr. Michael Jackson, actually helped contribute to some of the compositions for particularly Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah,、um, I, yeah artists,、um, even artists today get s inspiration from games as well, or they help out in games、uh, soundtracks, I would say. Even, like, like you said with Michael Jackson, you know, he con- you say he contributed, contributed to the soundtracks. or... Is that true? Yeah. yeah I mean,、right. it's been stated for a long time. I can't 100% confirm that, but it's, it's always been sort of like this open thing, like in the industry where it's like, you know, he expresses love for the franchise, of、mm-hmm. course. And then,、um, I mean, you know, if you like listen really closely, it does sound very reminiscent of his own records, just、That's、like、true. with the funky beats and everything and the percussions. Like, they went really hard on those beats, that's for sure. And, <laughs> It's really fascinating to think that even all while all that was going on, the Sega CD,、mm-hmm. although not becoming as commercially successful as it should have been, it was setting the trend for something that 
could later like you know be seen in future video games that they could put quality into the soundtracks yeah like with sonic cd's main theme song sonic boom having vocals and everything and full instruments and the main level themes all being done with like an in-house live band Mm -hmm. that goes to show that it was like setting the stage for what was yet to come you're listening to cod roadrunner radio i'm your host rogelio alcobo and we're talking about video game soundtracks with special guest l Another big thing was uh, having existing artists putting their own music into soundtracks of existing video games. Like, for example, you know, like the GTA games, you know, put actual songs in there and as a radio or having maybe uh, some DDR games, you know, that have like, you know, like Butterfly was another big one that you would say. (sighs) DDR, I have so much fond memories of that one. Yeah, I'll say DDR is another... uh, Actually, the rhythm games in general, like, got me interested in video game music. Oh, okay, because you're getting into a whole thing here because rhythm games, girl. Okay, so with DDR, Mm -hmm. that was a really interesting time because it was also, like, at the height of when Eurobeat was starting to become a thing. Yeah. Um, Eurodance music in general was kind of, like, considered to be a bit of a niche. If you ask the average person back then, when they probably think of Eurodance music, they probably think of whatever was on the Night at the Roxbury soundtrack. So like, What is Love by Hadaway, Be My Lover by LaBouche, you know, Mm -hmm. songs that most people would look at today and probably think like, oh, yeah, I remember that from YouTube, you know, stuff that kind of became like meme worthy, you know, like Caramel Dancing even. (laughs) Yeah. Because... I'm still to this day such a Eurobeat, Eurodance fanatic. I love it. I've dedicated whole episodes of my own show to that. And a lot of the reason why, you know, people remember it so fondly is because the DDR games and just the songs being popularized, like through internet memes and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it really helped to kind of like popularize that sort of style. Just like the fun of it all, back when everything, you know, like Barbie Girl by Aqua, Blue by Eiffel 65, um, the Scatman John song, like all of it was so unhinged. I'll never forget people made a lot of like Mario 64 AMVs with those songs in particular. (laughs) And in the DDR games, you know, because they were just so, they were just so out there with that style with like, you know, the kawaii core of it all. Yeah. And I would say even for other games such as other rhythm games, like I would say another one that I really enjoyed was uh, uh, Rhythm Heaven. Yes. Rhythm Heaven is another rhythm game that I, that was really fun. Uh, even though it's just, even though it's not like DDR where you move around, it's just for Rhythm Heaven, you just press the button on time with the rhythm. But it, it made it so, uh, the gameplay made it so interesting in some ways. Well, the visuals I would say was uh, fun along with the music makes it more even like every rhythm game you play you always memorize this, the songs or the melody in beats because you're always so focused on the timing and everything and later on throughout the day you just you know remember the song you start humming the song to yourself absolutely i also loved how the art style was very reminiscent of kind of like those early mobile games you know yeah or even just like those charming late 2000s nintendo games that like weren't made by Nintendo, but you know, licensed by them. Kind of like those third party bits, kind of like Scribble Knots. That was another one that I really used to love. Mm, Scribble Knots, yeah. Yeah. Not a rhythm game, but like a yeah. fascinating puzzle game that I remember a lot. And because I associate that with a lot of like other rhythm games that I remember fondly from that time. So, mm-hmm. you know 
kind of like going into the Sega side of things. They had Space Channel Five for the Dreamcast. Yeah, you know, and, and that, they had a they had Michael Jackson on that too. They did indeed. Yeah. yeah. See, this is another example of why people need to remember that there exists more than one mascot for Sega besides Sonic. <laughs> like, I still don't understand to this day like why they haven't really done a lot with their other characters besides him. Mm-hmm. But you know, kind of get into that a little bit later. You know. Space Channel 5 was, again, almost like Rhythm Heaven in the sense where, like, it didn't have, like, too many songs with vocals in them, but with the compositions and with the gameplay and how you were kind of just, like, matching to the beat of, like, said choreography or, like, you know, boss battles and stuff, Mm -hmm. they found ways to kind of, like, make that instantly memorable towards people. Yeah, in some ways, yeah, it it does work, you know, with any rhythm games, you know, they try unique, uh, different ways that players interact with and you know it's it's really fun and um jet set radio was another one yeah jet set radio 2 was another uh big thing too uh well yeah i heard about it i never actually got to play it for myself neither have i but you know the soundtrack is on streaming composed by the amazing talented hideki naganuma who also went on to compose the themes for the ds video game sonic rush which was the Mm. first ever sonic game i ever got to play so the way that he would compose songs was a little like considered to be unorthodox at the time but he incorporated a lot of different samples from things Mm -hmm. you know just from like people's speeches or like news reports and so you know one of my favorite songs in the game like the concept of love he just took that from somebody like making a speech it was like understand the concept of love and you just loop that and put that onto like a breakbeat composition theme and mm-hmm. oh it was it was magical <laughs> so jet set radio was such a unique one i also like to talk about um what would you say uh have you ever listened to some older game soundtracks like i guess even probably like early as the 90s or even 80s i would say too oh absolutely so one that i've been getting into as of recent because now that i sort of know like that there's actually i've always loved it but now when i look at it from a technology standpoint it really interests me mm-hmm. so the donkey kong country spin-off games from mario because as mentioned in the previous episode you know Donkey Kong and Yoshi from the Mario games kind of became like their own little stars in in their own right. And I would say even in this decade, you know, obviously we did have like the year of Luigi. So Luigi's kind of like his own thing now with his own like Luigi's Mansion games. Mm -hmm. With Donkey Kong and Yoshi, they've always intrigued me in the sense that it's like, yeah, you know them from Mario, but they're able to kind of stand on their own as well Yeah, with Yoshi's Island, Yoshi's Story, Donkey Kong Country. So the Donkey Kong Country games in particular always fascinated me from a graphical standpoint because this was at the time of the Super NES. The N64 hadn't been released yet, but they were still able to kind of give them this 3D polygon type of look. And the reason why this was is because the game was implementing a technology that was called the Super FX chip. Mm-hmm. The Super FX chip was used in cer- certain super nes games to give it that almost 3d cgi type of look yeah this was also used to design those pre-rendered backgrounds in the yoshi's island game to make them look like they were kind of watercolored Mm -hmm. and so for donkey kong country in particular 
it had some really interesting like kind of jazzy compositions too the famous dk island swing song that was later reused for uh it was reused even for like later donkey kong games as well as a dk jungle level in mario kart 7 Mm -hmm. i recognize the saxophone riff anywhere and one of the reasons i became a really big fan of it too because we haven't even gone into this idea of like you know the fan-made remixes Mm-hmm. But there is an amazing website that I highly recommend called overclockremix.org. And again, it kind of goes into like back to indie music and how everybody would make their like remixes of video game compositions, submit them online, and they would be in like different styles. And so yeah. I remember back then when I would watch like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there was um, videos that would talk about the beta versions of these games like kind of what made it into the game and what didn't and they would always play these remixes in the background it was like the beta elements of mario games and they played these remixes and i was like what remix is this (laughs) so i looked it up there it was this jazz fusion swing remix of the dk island swing song and they called it west coast dk island i was like whoa this this is awesome because it starts off kind of slow, but then you hear a guitar come in, mm-hmm. a saxophone riff gets kind of smooth. As far as other early 90s video game soundtracks, um, this is a bit of a random factoid, actually, but the U.S. version of Sonic CD has a completely different soundtrack from the European and Japanese releases. Yeah. I don't know why this is, but, you know, it is what it was. Uh, from the U.S. standpoint, I can honestly say that the only song I remember for real is Sonic Boom. Yeah, the op- the open the both both openings of that game are different. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. I I was always more partial to the closing theme because I love how it kind of just concludes the story really nicely. Mm-hmm. But in the Japanese and European, probably the PAL releases too. Ooh, we haven't even gotten to the PAL versions of things, but yeah. they had it. It had its own soundtrack, mm-hmm. and. Those were really good because they even had like, you know, they were implementing the idea of having like remixes and alternate versions because you would have different like levels and stuff like uh, Panic Palm Tree, Palmway, you know, Mm -hmm. the good future, the bad future, the past and just playing around with the idea of it. And a lot of it was like implementing these live instruments. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my favorite early 90s like soundtracks from that time. Like I would say, yeah, like basically i would say like the things that sega did with the sega cd basically anybody at that time that were like trying to test out the quality of the cd into games uh they had they had some like really like fun and great uh soundtracks like you said from from sonic cd that's like one of them another one i would say is uh a game called uh snatcher Mm -hmm. uh that was released only in the US on the Sega CD. And Snatcher is one of those, uh, I would say like uh, movie type games that more interactive. It's it's from a creator of Hideo, Hideo Kojima, which he makes um, Metal Gear. Uh, have you heard of Metal Gear Solid? Of course. Yeah, he, he created Metal Gear Solid and as well the new ones, uh, Death Stranding and he he's the one that uh, I love Death Stranding. By the way, that you has love that amazing soundtrack as well. Yeah, that's another thing too. Uh, he loves uh, putting like really good music into his games. 
even from his older games like snatcher had some like good even the opening called uh uh, uh something with twilight uh i forgot but it's like one of like to me it's like one of the best like openings uh video game music uh before we end it off here i would like to uh how about we discuss what's what's our favorite soundtracks in games <gasps> like what what is your favorite uh soundtrack in a game um I like don't, which game would I you don't say know, you don't know th- there's so many but um mm-hmm. oh wow that's um <laughs> i'm not, not to put you on the spot but no no because like it's so many it's just like when people ask what my favorite anime is it's like there's so many yeah it's it's true there's so many great soundtracks and if i had games. to pick a tie like just a tie between or, two right now yeah give, give me a group i would say just give me a, a list of your favorite soundtracks and games i would say okay well definitely at the moment especially because it resonated with me a lot as i got older mm-hmm. would be the entire soundtrack to the shadow the hedgehog spinoff game mm. i feel like that one it's like a lincoln park album but on steroids and i mean that in the best way possible because sonic music was already rock and roll this took it to like heavy metal new metal even it mm-hmm. was super cutting edge there are also some unreleased songs that didn't make it into the shadow game that are now available on streaming services so y'all go check out the band sins of a divine mother you know they were eventually reformed into mona lisa overdrive after the songs that they had written for the game all of me and broken didn't make it into the final cut and was replaced with the beautiful composition the chosen one mm-hmm. so the shadow soundtrack for its like lyrical depth mm-hmm. you know for a game that people kind of made fun of back then for being like so try hard edgy i think it's something that stood the test of time especially given the fact that now shadow is going to be the main focus of the upcoming third sonic film it's like hey edgy the hedgy still got fans <laughs> so i would say a tie between that soundtrack and as i mentioned earlier with the idol master franchise and how much it inspired me from like to be a performer to do this and that like fictional characters can still be a huge inspiration Mm -hmm. and a lot of its music i've have incorporated a lot of elements of that into like putting the idol master songs into like my own dj sets and to my own like personal playlist Mm -hmm. even here on the radio station i always got to sneak it in somehow (laughs) so definitely that especially especially with the latest release idol master starlet season available on ps4 and on steam uh yeah, and uh, for me, uh, you know, it's it's hard to pick uh, a lot of games soundtracks because they're they're all good in very different ways. Yes. But for me, uh, I would say um, one of them is the the Persona series games. Oh. Those soundtracks are really good. Another one yeah. that I also incorporated into my DJ set because um, Memories, that song, once I played that, it's like a lot of people were actually like super happy to see that it was in there. They were like, oh, I remember this one. Yeah, like, yeah, it's based, I don't have a favorite one. Well, I only I, I only played four and five. So I say like from, from so far, I enjoyed the Persona uh, music uh, from the series. Even though three is coming out real soon next year with the remake, uh, Reload. Uh, even though I haven't played the original three, I'm still planning on playing on the new one. And I know that the soundtrack for that game is is still gonna, you know, go hard on it. And another one I would say is uh, uh, I like usually I like uh, music from older games, but they're rearranged. 
like like they're like uh some of them had jazz fusion artists rearrange them into live uh instruments mm-hmm. of older games i like that too yeah that style as well like um there's a there's a, a cd uh, album called police knots f slash f f slash n and it's based on a game called police knots which is another kojima game and they had uh some of the members of the sega sound team do some of the performance of some some guitar and yeah both of them are guitarists and they perform some of the music from that game into an arrangement which is real nice uh and and another thing is that even orchestral orchestra music from games like mario galaxy i would say is another big thing too because it, rem- it made, me, made me realize that games like mario could even though it's not like like a simple you know tune it could be really like big like soundtracks you hear in movies and stuff very orchestra and that made me realize like video games music could just be more than just one like i'd say like genre that you think of yeah absolutely it's a really awesome thing just to be able to kind of recognize the genius that goes into these soundtracks and how well they fit with again the storylines the level design the Mm -hmm. characters it all comes together and it completes the pieces of the puzzle because to me anyway video games really wouldn't be what they are if not for the music yeah it's true uh people won't recognize it at least or at least be memorable in some way um but you know thank you l for coming today yes, and for the last episode as well too uh it's been fun we it's been fun talking to you in both ep- both of these episodes because uh you know so having somebody to talk to about these things it's really it's really quite funding and bonding uh, i really do i really did enjoy myself and i hope you too mm, even for the listeners months. even for you listeners i hope you find some interest in this talk even if you're not interested in games in general or maybe the music in games i hope you find interesting and maybe seeing um some stuff that we're talking about here and there for yourself and see uh, what you get from it so uh thank you all for watching and uh seeing you all maybe somewhere i don't know see you out in the world somewhere i hope you guys listen to more music games music video games or just video games in general because you know it's all great from here on out so until next time see you all later